What's going on guys, Austin here. And in this video, we are going to be taking a look at what the final guess uh, of the 2022 NFL draft is going to look like. This is what I think is going to happen or what I think is the closest thing that's going to happen. So without further ado, the Jags are on the clock and who are they going to take? There's been a lot of speculation at what the Jags are gonna do uh, throughout most of the season, uh, the college season at least, Kayvon uh, Thibodeau was looked at as the number one prospect. Aiden Hutchinson slowly took over. Currently, right now, uh, Trayvon Walker, uh, the Georgia defensive end, is the odds-on favorite, according to Vegas. I think it's still a smokescreen. It's going to be Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, you see the reasons why. He's 6'6", 260, 260 pounds. He has a 9.88 relative athletic score. That's the third best of all defensive ends. Um, he had the most college production. He's the most pro ready. Um, and as far as his comp, I think the best outcome for him is he could end up being like a TJ Watt type of player. I don't think that he is going to be the best, but I think that if you catch fire in a bottle with him, that's what he's going to end up looking like. So now the lions, who do they go for? They've got Kayvon Thibodeau. 6'5", 254 pounds. He is a monster athlete. Also a, a completely exceptional on that RAS score, that relative athletic score. He ran a, I think it was a 4540, just ridiculously fast. Um, he put up, he put up some decent numbers, didn't play every single game of his college career. That's his knock. They want to know how committed he is when it comes to combined athleticism and production he's the best uh best overall defensive end edge rusher in this draft and i think his best outcome is a jadavian Clowney. and what i mean by that is like the physical traits that jadavian Clowney has are arguably the second best in the entire nfl right behind miles garrett uh now jadavian's problem is you know he he's not really a worker he doesn't put in the effort he might not work every single play if Kayvon can get around that, he could easily be, you know, a top five defensive end in the league. At offensive tackle, Evan Neal is going to be starting for the Houston Texans, whether it's at left or at right tackle. Today is the, uh, what is it, like five-year, six-year anniversary of when uh, Laramie Tunsil's gas mask bong video came out. I, I just saw that today. It was hilarious. Um and it really doesn't matter um, where Larry Tunsil plays. I believe Evan Neal can step in and be just as good as him. He is six foot seven, 360 pounds. He's an absolute unit on the football field. He has a six, nine wingspan. He is by far the most pro ready offensive lineman. And if you want to comp for him, if he stays healthy, he's going to look just like Makai Becton in New York. Speaking of New York, the Jets are going to be taking defensive end Trayvon Walker, who originally I had going, I think, 12th to Minnesota. Uh, but for some reason, he's just shot up and shot up draft boards until right now he's the betting favorite. Uh, and you can see why he's 6'5", 275 pounds. I mean, just that's that's mostly muscle right there. He has a 9.99 relative athletic score, the second best of any player in this draft. He's got the elite combination of size and versatility. He can play all over the defensive line uh, as well as outside linebacker. I could argue that he has the highest upside in this draft as far as 
what he can do because he can go so many places. And because of that, I'm going to put him in as uh, my comp for him is Khalil Mack, probably first ballot Hall of Famer, multiple time all pro defensive player of the year type of guy. Uh, for the New York Giants, uh, their pick from Chicago, I have them taking Ahmad Sauce Gardner. He's 6'2", 190 pounds, just amazing measurables. He has the best nickname in college, which goes a long way. Uh, in college, he registered at six interceptions and 12 pass breakups in 20 games, which is crazy because he rarely got thrown to. He never allowed a single touchdown in college. He never gave up more than 13 yards to a single wide receiver. And for me, I have his comparison as Patrick Peterson. He could he could end up being the best player in this draft if all things you know come out equal. It's just, can you really take a cornerback? I mean, Patrick Peterson, first ballot Hall of Famer. If you redo that 2011 draft, Cam Newton still probably goes number one. J.J. Watt, Von Miller, go ahead of him. You know, then you can then you can argue Patrick Peterson, Julio Jones, kind of situations like that, but. The Giants would be absolutely stoked to get a guy like Ahmad Gardner. Uh, with the sixth pick, the Carolina Panthers take Akeem Aquanu, uh, a big-bodied offensive tackle who is able to play guard and tackle. He's very versatile. He's incredibly fast. He can swing with so much power and momentum. That really helps with sweep plays it it's it's definitely what carolina is looking for in an offensive lineman he has an 8.5 ras score which is very high for an offensive lineman he has a seven foot wingspan at six four which is incredible that would that would go miles for playing the guard position because if you remember evan neal has a six nine wingspan at six seven it's two inches two inches longer than he is tall but at six four Akeem has a seven-foot wingspan, meaning he can get his hands on defenders way before they can get their hands on him. And if he's strong enough, he can keep them from getting their hands on him at all. Like I said, he can play guard or tackle, and his NFL comp is Jason Peters. At the seventh pick, the New York Giants get their second selection already. They're going to be taking offensive tackle Charles Cross from Mississippi State. He's got very similar measurables. Uh, compared to Akeem Aquanu, 6'4", 307, 310 pounds, a little bit lower on the Raz, 6'8", wingspan, still amazing. He's technical, he's intelligent, and he's violently athletic, meaning he, he starts low, and he knows exactly where to put his hands, he knows exactly how fast, what leverage he needs, where to put his body. My NFL comp for him is DJ Humphreys, the – super versatile uh, offensive lineman that the Arizona Cardinals use for, you know, a lot of their plays uh, on the goal line when they end up getting touchdowns in crazy ways. Uh, with the eighth pick, the Atlanta Falcons are going to be taking wide receiver Drake London out of UFC. He's 6'5", 219 pounds. Dare I say it, this is the closest thing we've seen to Calvin Johnson since Calvin Johnson. He missed four games last year, but he still registered 1,084 yards and seven touchdowns. He has the best combination of size and speed in this year's draft. My comp for him is Mike Williams. Mike Williams is, is 6'6", 220 pounds. Uh, they're, they're excellent deep ball uh, threats. They can high point the ball. They're great as far as boxing out, getting that, uh, 
getting like those those basketball rebound balls. Uh, the only knock on him is he's not an elite route runner, but it's it's hard to run elite routes when you're 6'5", 219 pounds running a, you know, a 4'4", And number nine, we have the first quarterback taken off the draft, the Seattle Seahawks, uh, in their pick that they got from the Denver Broncos in the Russell Wilson trade, are going to be selecting Malik Willis, the quarterback out of Liberty. I Full disclosure, I do not think Malik Willis is going to be the best quarterback in this draft, but he has the best potential and he fits Seattle's mold the best. There's a lot of players that a lot of teams could select. We go back to these early, go back to these early picks. I think you Jacksonville would be smart to go offensive line, but they're probably going with a defensive end. Same thing with Detroit. You, they could really do anything, but defensive end is probably the best bet. Houston Texans, again, offensive tackle is probably the best bet, but they could really go with anything. New York Jets, they have a pretty decent offensive line, so they're probably just going to go best player available. Giants, probably best player available. Panthers, they could take Malik Willis. Um, they could take Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett, uh, Kenny Pickett committed to Matt Rule when Matt Rule was coaching at Temple. And so, you know, there's a complete uh, curveball in and of itself as to, you know, what are the Panthers going to do? I still think they're probably going to go offensive tackle. They're going to go smart because they're not a huge fan. They're not sold on these quarterbacks. Giants, again, second pick. You got to go best player available. Your team is trash. Atlanta Falcons, this is an interesting one. They could go quarterback. They could go the best defensive player available, which is probably going to be Kyle Hamilton at this point. Uh, they could take one of the defensive ends. It'd be a little high, you know, one of the remaining defensive ends. But, you know, they need a wide receiver, and I think teams draft for positional value, not positional value. They draft for need a little bit too much, uh, and that's why they have this wide receiver taken. Seattle, I don't think they quite need a quarterback right away, but they can't let they can't let this guy continue to slide. They got lucky that Malik Willis fell all the way to him, but you look at his measurables. He's six one, two hundred and nineteen pounds. He has exceptional speed and strength. He he's built like Josh Allen at the size of Russell Wilson. So he fits exactly what those, those receivers, what those coaches, what everybody in that, in that building knows you see his production, you know, 64% completions, 2,250 yards, 20 touchdowns and six interceptions, which is by no means amazing production. And you could say, Oh, he played at a small school against small schools, but he also played at a small school with small school players you know, blocking for him, catching from him, get him to the NFL, get him a DK Metcalf, get him a Tyler Lockett. I don't know if they still have Gerald Everett, but you, you put those pieces around him. Um, you could argue that they could go offensive line, but because the three best offensive tackles are taken, and I think there's a decently big gap between three and four, Malik Willis is, is, is probably the pick here for the Seattle Seahawks. The Jets, I have them helping out their, uh, their quarterback, Zach Wilson, with a wide receiver. He's 6'1", 180 pounds, and he is explosive at the snap. He's not incredibly fast, but he runs, he runs really, really good routes that help him get off and get space. He is the most pro-ready wide receiver. That should say wide receiver, not offensive line. Clearly a mistake on my part. Uh, he, but this last year he had 79 catches for 1,572 yards, 
15 touchdowns and an average, which averages out to 19.9 yards per catch. Uh, he's very Stefan Diggs. Like he's a little taller. Um, he runs a little bit better routes and uh, his straight line speed is a little better. I don't know if his hands are as good as Diggs's hands, but that's the comp right there. And we all know what Diggs did for Josh Allen. So let's see what Jamison Williams can do for Zach Wilson. I think the jets probably go best wide receiver available uh, because they already grabbed their defensive end, uh, Trayvon Walker. And I don't think there's a defensive player that you could convince them to take above Jamison Williams. The Washington commanders, however, are going to be taking that defensive player, that next best defensive player, Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame. He is huge. He's 6'4", 220 pounds. Like that's, that's a slightly below average linebacker right there. But his RAS score is a, is a 9.32. He has incredible athleticism, although his combine 40 was a little slow. You look at his game tape. He's instinctive. He's explosive. He blows up plays. Last year, he registered 63 tackles, five interceptions, 12 pass breakups, uh, or not last year, but in the last 24 games. And my NFL comp for him is Jamal Adams because of that combination of size, uh, height, and speed. Some of his issues remain in that he can cover, but there are some times when if, you're, if he's asked to play cornerback, he will get burned because he's a bigger body, right? You ask him to play a strong safety, he will eat the offense for lunch. But if you put him in that free safety spot where he, you know, he needs to cover ground, there could be a little bit of an issue there. You know, if he say he loses, you know, five, 10 pounds and maintains his muscle uh, body fat percentage, everything like that, he could end up becoming very dangerous. And number 12, I have an interesting pick. Derek Stingley Jr., uh, the cornerback out of LSU, he, he will tell you that he's the best cornerback in this draft. Now, I have him going to Minnesota, a little bit of pairing. Uh, Derek Stingley, the LSU boy, you know, rookie, goes and learns from Patrick Peterson, the former LSU uh, high draft pick back in 2011. And his measurables look a lot like a lot like Patrick Peterson, not quite as productive in college. Uh, but I mean, he's six foot, 190 pounds. He is an incredible athlete with elite footwork. The knock on him is that he had a better 2019 season than he did 2021 season. Um, and he's just kind of coasting. Part of that has to do with the fact that, you know, he he was projected to be you know, the best cornerback out of the draft after his rookie season, after his freshman year uh, at LSU. And so you could, you could argue that he turned his head to the draft two years early. My comp for him is AJ Terrell. He's built incredibly similar. If he can stay healthy and stays motivated, he could end up being statistically the best cornerback in the draft that, you know, people don't even realize he's that good. With the 13th pick, the Houston Texans have traded their draft selection to the Pittsburgh Steelers, who leapfrog a couple teams that might not necessarily need quarterbacks, like uh, the Eagles. They'd be leapfrogging the Eagles. They'd be leapfrogging the Chargers. They'd be leapfrogging the Ravens. And I think the Saints are in there. 
Now, the reason I have them doing this is because the Saints could possibly take a quarterback and they don't want to risk anybody else trading up. They feel like the 13th pick is an attainable draft spot for them. And so they're going to trade up, which this is funny because this is the Cleveland pick that they're getting through Houston. And they're going to select quarterback Kenny Pickett, who is a little controversial. He's got small hands. He turns the ball over a lot because of it, picks and fumbles. But he's 6'3", 217 pounds. He has elite athletic measurements. He had, he registered a 9.54 on that relative athletic scale. Uh, he completed 61% of his passes in college for almost 8,000 yards. The knock, though, 29 touchdowns to 25 interceptions, along with 568 rushing yards and 15 rushing touchdowns. My comp for him is Marcus Mariota with tiny hands. Marcus Mariota, who we all know, had a lot of potential, never realized it. But at this point, if you're Pittsburgh, you're taking a guy that had a lot of potential that never realized it, that also has a serious flaw. And that is, he's going to be prone to turn the football over. Now, Pittsburgh, over the last 18 years, had a quarterback that was prone to turn the football over, and they didn't care. They had their guy. I think this is what's going to happen. If I was Pittsburgh, I wouldn't do this. There's other quarterback that I would target at 13, but he's the hometown kid. And I think, I think this is the move for them. If they don't do it, somebody is going to. I read a report today that said Seattle may be looking to trade back with a team who's trying to move up to either grab a wide receiver or a quarterback. So there's a possibility that Seattle at nine, who went, you know, just a couple pick or just right after um, Atlanta, say Atlanta, say if Atlanta takes a quarterback that Seattle wants, Seattle could end up trading back with a team like Pittsburgh, who wants a quarterback or the Eagles or the Saints who want wide receivers. That's going to be something interesting to watch out for. But for now, we're saying the Pittsburgh Steelers trade up above everybody else to grab their quarterback. With the 14th pick, the Baltimore Ravens select Chris Olave, the wide receiver out of Ohio State. Now, I like Chris Olave more than most receivers in this draft class because I think he has the best combination of, of route running hands, uh, quick step off the line. He's six foot, 187 pounds, which is like a perfect model for today's uh, wide receivers. Uh, throughout college, he had 1,766 yards, 22 touchdowns, which isn't a, an elite career, but he didn't ever get the starting nod until all of the great guys. I mean, he played on the same team as Terry McLaurin. What are you going to do? Uh, he registered an 8.67 RAS score, which isn't fantastic, but it's good enough to get you what you want. And my comp for him is he is going to look a lot like Keenan Allen. He's a little smaller, but if he bulks up, you know, works on some straight line speed with the new muscle that he adds, he's, he's Keenan Allen. And that's, that's good. At 15, the Philadelphia Eagles with their Miami Dolphins pick, they're going to select Garrett Wilson, the next Ohio State wide receiver, because there's only one of the top four wide receivers left. And I believe that they wanted or would have taken a defensive end or an offensive lineman here because there's a couple, you know, great linemen left, offensive and defensive, but there's only one great wide receiver left. 
Now, Garrett Wilson is probably the most pro-ready. You know, it's probably between uh, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson, uh, he's got excellent jump ball ability, kind of like what you would find with uh, an Allen Robinson or uh, even somebody like an A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin. But he's also got some decent speed. He ran a 4'3", 840 at 5'11", 183 pounds. You look at him, he plays a lot like McCole Hardman, a little bit better jump ball. He has strong field awareness, so that's going to be working in his favor. He registered a 7.77 RAS score, which is not bad, not fantastic, but it's well above average. Uh, and the Eagles, they go, for, they go for the trifecta, they go for the hat trick, three wide receivers taken in the first round and three consecutive drafts. I believe they'd be the first team to do that since the Detroit Lions back in the early 2000s. At 17, the Chargers are ecstatic that Devin Lloyd falls to them. This is, who I, this is who I would take if I were them, and this is who I believe they will take. They need help in the run defense, and while Devin Lloyd is probably not as good as a run defender as N'Kobe Dean is, he's the best linebacker in the draft all the way around. He's 6'2", 237 pounds, which is very good size. Uh, for that height, he registered a 9.58 RAS score, which I don't know if you guys know, it's out of 10. Um, that relative athletic score, he is physically and mentally superior to pretty much every opponent that he's going to come into contact with on the field. He's the size of Derrick Henry playing linebacker coming in through those holes. My NFL comp for him is Fred Warner. Excellent all around. He's never going to, to just bite on a pick or, uh, you know, go for a blitz to get a sack and, and accidentally give up a pass to a, a running back that was just streaking right past him. He is probably the most fundamental linebacker in the league, Fred Warner is, and I think that's who the Chargers are giving, getting in Devin Lloyd. Now, the New Orleans Saints, that the pick that they got from Philadelphia, originally from Indianapolis – I have them taking Desmond Ritter quarterback Cincinnati. He fits the perfect mold of what uh, the Saints believe in at quarterback. Now, this came from, I believe it came from Bill Parcells that Sean Payton learned. And I'm sure that he taught it to the defensive coordinator that is now their head coach, whose name escapes me right now. But you needed to have certain traits. You needed to, you needed to complete over 60% of your passes you needed to have started uh, 30 games and you needed to be a winner. You needed to be competitive, longtime starter. That's everything that Desmond Ritter is right here. He's 6'4", 211 pounds. He had a 9.6 relative athletic score. He could easily be the best athlete of all these quarterbacks. And that's, in, you know, talking about Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, these athletes that we've already seen have great measurables. Uh, he has an incredibly strong arm. Uh, not entirely the most accurate quarterback. I believe he's about 61% completion percentage, which isn't great, but you know, those are things you can work on. He started for 40 games while at Cincinnati. He has a strong field awareness, but not a great pocket presence. So again, things that you can learn, things that you can develop, you know, accuracy and pocket presence. I wonder who in the new Orleans area would be able to teach him some accuracy and pocket presence. It's a great fit. And I think that's why the Saints are taking this. They want a wide receiver, but if Desmond Ritter falls to them, I think they're going to do it. 
He had 10,239 passing yards in college throughout his career. He had 87 touchdowns, 28 interceptions, which again, anything above two to one is pretty much just sauce icing on the cake, whatever you want to call it. My comp for him is Jameis Winston. Right now, as I am saying this, I am just realizing that Jameis Winston is on the Saints. That is not on purpose. He's just, he's an incredible athlete who has a few things that he needs to work on, but could easily end up being a top of the line quarterback if he puts his head down and works. At 18, I have who the Philadelphia Eagles were, were wanting to take. Uh, out at 15, George Karlaftis, the defensive end from, from Purdue. Now, George is an excellent athlete, 9.2 on that relative athletic scale, 6.6 foot 3 inches, 266 pounds. He's explosive and powerful, but the problem is, is his production dropped every year that he was in college. One reason or another for that, you hope that, he's, that he wasn't a one-year wonder in college. But my comp for him is Derek Barnett, a guy with great measurables, who never really seemed to put it all together. I think just now, as I'm saying this, I'm realizing that Derek Barnett is on the Philadelphia Eagles, which is interesting that I just did that in two, that I just did that in two consecutive picks. Didn't mean to do that, but I believe that that Karloftis is the guy for them, you know, completing that the trenches for that Philadelphia defense. Number 19, I have the Saints grabbing a tackle to protect their brand-new quarterback. I have them taking Trevor Penning, the offensive tackle out of Northern Iowa. This man is massive. He's 6'7", 325 pounds. He's a lot like Panay Sewell in that regard. Uh, he's yeah, He registered a 9.96 on that relative athletic scale. Uh, he's – incredibly powerful at the point of attack. As soon as that ball is snapped, he is up and he is angry at his man. He has, he has amazing uh, straight line burst, which will help in that running game. I think Alvin Kamara needs that kind of help in the running game, which is why Trevor Penning is a good pick for the saints team. And my comp for him is Matt Filer, the right tackle. And I believe he's now playing right guard uh, for the chargers. Just an absolute unit of a man. That's who this guy is going to shape out to be for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, at pick number 20, I have the Houston Texans going offensive line again. So they grab Evan Neal at three, the best uh, tackle in the draft. And now they're going to go with the best interior offensive lineman in the draft in Zion Johnson. Coming out of Boston College, he's 6'2", 314 pounds, which that's, that's, that's almost exactly what you want in a guard, somebody who's a little shorter, can get up underneath, work the leverage. 314 pounds is still huge. Incredibly athletic. He can work with the sweeps. He would fit perfectly in the Shanahan system. He would fit perfectly in the Walsh system. And it's, you know, I know that they're not running those systems in Houston, but the point is he's versatile and he's useful. He is a run blocking machine. He can play in the gap or in the zone schemes on that run defense. He has amazing hand placement. And because of that, my comp for him is Kevin Zeitler, the interior offensive lineman slash center, whatever you want to call it. This guy's a beast. At 21, I have the New England Patriots most Patriot pick. I believe that this is who they will go. 
What evidence do I have? None, except for that they just lost their guard, Shaq Mason, and Tyler Linderbaum uh, out of Iowa is an interior offensive lineman who can play center and he can play guard. He's 6'2", 296 pounds, um, which is good for center. And it's decent for guard. He's athletic. He's fluid. He's got great hips. He can turn. He's got great uh, footwork. He's always moving. He's always pushing uh, the play ahead. He's got great play speed. You watch him. He plays hard on every down. And my NFL comparison for him is Quentin Nelson. At pick 22, I have the Green Bay Packers going with Jordan Davis. Now, the Packers would like to take one of the top four wide receivers here, but they're all gone. And so what they do is they grab a guy that can help them with their toughness. They were not good uh, stopping the run this year at all. Jordan Davis, the defensive tackle out of Georgia, who weighs in at 6'6", 341 pounds, and is likely he weighed in at 341 pounds when he went to Georgia. We believe that he could be up to 360 right now. He scored a 10 on the relative athletic score, literally a perfect score. He just, he has abnormal speed and athleticism for a 350 pound body. He's a strong nose tackle who very well could possibly play all three downs in the NFL. I don't know who you'd want to compare him to a Haloti Nada, a Vince Wilfork, um, just basically just grab the largest man that you think, you know, on your team Add about 40 pounds and three inches to him, and then make him as fast as your, as your team's middle linebacker. And that's who you're getting in Jordan Davis. The only problem. And the only question with him is, can he play all three downs? Because if he's a first and second down player and he can't stay on the field for that third down, not, not explosive enough to get to the passer or he, uh, you know, he doesn't have the, the wind to play three downs every single drive. It's going to be difficult. But at 22, this feels like a steal for the Packers. And I think this is who uh, they're going to end up going with if they can get their hands on him. At 23, I think that the Cardinals are probably going to go offensive line uh, unless just some amazing defender like Kyle Hamilton or Devin Lloyd has just magically fallen to them this far. I mean, they've got, they've got a quarterback who's not happy with the situation, um, they say. Um, Kenyon Green, 6'3", 237 pounds. Uh, he was a lot closer to average, uh, 5.93 on the RAS scale. Um, but he makes up for it complete, completely in his technique. He, he comes out of his stance with such violence and such, uh, such speed that he is going to get on his guys and he's going to get the correct hand placement too. He has elite technique. Um, My comp for him is Richie Incognito, the interior offensive lineman for the Raiders. And pick number 24, I have the Dallas Cowboys doubling down at pass rusher. Uh, Well, Michael Parsons is a linebacker, but he really plays a pseudo defensive end, kind of like when – What's his name? Kind of like when uh, Khalil Mack was on the Raiders, you know, a lot, he was considered a linebacker, didn't really play much, much inside linebacker. He played a lot of outside linebacker and that's what we're, that's what we're going for here in Jermaine Johnson. He is going to end up replacing um, Greg Hardy, the guy who left. And I mean, let's be real here. uh, 
the guy that they paid a lot of money, can't even think of his name, but uh, Demarcus Lawrence, they paid him way too much money. He's not producing. They need a, they need pass rush. They need a cornerback. Um, but this is, this guy is so good. He's too good to pass up. Uh, I mean, it's possible that Jermaine Johnson could go in the top 12 picks. So getting him at 24 feels amazing. He's 6'4", 254 pounds. He had a 9.23 on that relative athletic scale, um, which is just a nerd's way of compiling all your athletic skills together and saying, you know, where do you rank 1 to 10? Or 0 to 10, rather, probably. Uh, he's versatile with a high motor. You're going to notice that that he plays hard. He's got his hand in the dirt pretty much every play. Uh, he collected 70 tackles, 17 and a half tackles for loss, 11 and a half sacks, two forced fumbles, and one fumble recovery over his last 20 games, which is like a season and a half, about a little bit, a little bit less than that. Um, and my NFL comp for him happens to be Micah Parsons. I did notice that they were on the same team, but it works out. That was a mistake. Uh, at pick number 25, I have the Buffalo Bills going with cornerback Trent McDuffie out of Washington. He's a guy who possibly could have gone a lot higher than this if there hadn't just been, you know, so many defensive linemen and offensive linemen in this draft. Trent McDuffie is 5'10", 193 pounds. So he's a little bit more of an old school cornerback as far as that height. You know, he's a lot closer to the size of, you know, the 2010s and 1990s cornerbacks than he is, you know, the 2020s, 2010s. Um, but at 5'10", 193 pounds with a relative athletic score of 9.49, he's got it all put together. He's explosive. He can jump. He started at Washington all, all, all 11 games or however many they played uh, as a true freshman. And so because of that, you know, he's got the He's got the miles. He's got the hours put in that he can play cornerback at a high level um, going for the Buffalo Bills. They have an elite secondary. They've got they've got Micah Hyde. They've got Jordan Poyer. Um, they've got uh, Tredavious White on the other side. Now you grab Jair or now you grab Trent McDuffie, who my comp for him is Jair Alexander. And it's. I mean, that, that's a recipe for disaster for any passing offense coming into Buffalo. At pick number 26, I have the Tennessee Titans going with N'Kobe Dean. I normally would have thought that N'Kobe Dean would have gone higher. And early in the process, it looked like he was going to be a relatively high draft pick. But, you know, as the process goes on, there were talks that he ended up might, you know, going in the second round. I doubt that. He's 5'11", 229 pounds which is a little bit short, but he's still got the bulk and he's still got the speed. He has great instincts and he is fast running downhill. You know, imagine him meeting Derrick Henry in practice every day. It's not going to be pretty. Uh, he collected 72 tackles, 10 and a half tackles for loss, six sacks, two forced fumbles, five pass breakups, and two interceptions last year. My comp for him in the league is Jeremiah Usukoromoa, an absolute baller in the run game. And... I mean, very, very good in the passing game. He's everything that you'd want in a franchise linebacker, especially at the pick number 26. The Tennessee Titans have elite pass rushing defensive tackles. They drafted a cornerback last year who I don't think they want to give up on already. There's a couple cornerbacks that they could take here, um, but they're going to go linebacker and, you know, really double down on, on making sure that that defense is the best in the AFC South. 
And number 27, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going with Andrew Booth Jr. Um, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's time for him to have gotten taken. Clemson had a phenomenal defense last year, and that was partly and in large part due to the work that Andrew Booth Jr. did on number one cornerbacks. He is six foot, 194 pounds, so a little bit bigger than Trent McDuffie, who is 5'10", 193. He's six foot, 194. He's long. He's rangy. He has an innate instinct to know where the ball is. He has incredible hands, and he's got great high point ability, which means he's going to get interceptions if they throw the ball his way. Uh, last year, he had five pass breakups and two interceptions, which is incredible because he never got passed towards. Uh, and my comparison for him is Janoris Jenkins in the NFL. I don't even know if Janoris is still in the league, but that's who this guy is looking for. Tampa Bay absolutely needs help. They have a great pass rush. They have that front seven taken care of. They're set on the offensive line. They're set mostly at wide receiver. I mean, you're, you're going to need to help Brady as much as you can. Running back is a little bit of a question, but there's no there's no great running backs to take at 27. And there's obviously no quarterback for the future. They're going with a cornerback here, and it's probably going to be Andrew Booth. At pick number 28, I have the Green Bay Packers taking Traylon Burks. He reminds me a lot of a Debo Samuel. He's got that ability to play that versatile style of football. Uh, he's 6'2", 225 pounds. He's big, physical, with deceiving athleticism for his size. He is both willing and able to play the run block on the offense. And my pure comp for him would be A.J. Brown. I mean, he's, he's, he's built like that big body, strong receiver that's just going to go out and dominate uh, defensive backs. Um, Green Bay gets lucky that he falls to them, and I think that they would take him. There's not a lot of teams – between, uh, you know, say 14 and 28 that are really desperately looking for a wide receiver. You could argue that if Pittsburgh doesn't trade back, they could go, they could go wide receiver. Um, a team like, a team like uh, Kansas city could move up and take another wide receiver. You know, they could, they could move up to say 10, take a wide receiver and force Traylon Burks to go, you know, to one of the teams that was going to take that receiver. Um, but I think this is the way it's going to play out, and they're, they're ecstatic about it. Speaking of Kansas City, I have them with their back-to-back -back picks. They're going to be taking defensive tackle Devontae Wyatt from Georgia and Michigan safety Daxton Hill. Now, it was funny. I originally had them taking Michigan defensive lineman David Ojabo and Georgia's safety, Lewis Seen, but I thought that this might end up being the way that they want to go. Uh, David Ajabo is uh, – he, he injured his Achilles during – I think it was his pro day. And although he's a defensive end, which is a little bit more valuable than defensive tackle, I think that they like the defensive ends that they have now. Um, and this would be a great pairing with those guys, Frank Clark and um, – I can't even think of the other guy's name on Kansas City. But it's a good – it's, it's a good pairing. He's Devonte Wyatt is 6'2", 304 pounds. He scored a 9.58 on that relative athletic score. He's burly. He's got a strong frame. He doesn't have a lot of name recognition because he played on that stacked Georgia defense, which is going to come with first rounders all over like 
uh, Nicobe Dean and a Trayvon Walker and a Jordan Davis, possibly a Lewis scene, all of that. Um, but my NFL comp for him is Kenny Clark, the, that, you know, solid defensive tackle in Green Bay, who is borderline pro bowler every single year. And I know when you, when you draft a first rounder, you're not going to say, Oh, well, you don't want a borderline pro bowler. Well, I mean, you think about it, it's like, okay, well, every single year there's, you know, Aaron Donald's going to make the pro bowl. And then you've got, uh, the guy in Philadelphia, can't even think of his name. Now I feel bad, but there's pretty much like two defensive tackles that start most any games for every team. And it's a difficult position to get, uh, to get, you know, in the pro bowl, all pro four. So if your comp is Kenny Clark at 29, that's a good pick. Uh, the Michigan safety Dax Hill is one of the most versatile players we've seen. Not quite as versatile as uh, Jabril Peppers, but he's probably more of a pro player than Jabril is. He's six foot, 191 pounds. He scored a 905 on that Raz. He ran a 4340. He can play all over the defense. Some places will have him listed as a cornerback, some as a safety, some strong safety, free safety, you know, nickel, dime, cornerback, wherever you want to put him. He's probably. Uh, you know, he's probably better than most starters at whatever position you want to put him at. Last year, he registered 69 tackles, four and a half tackles for loss, half a sack, two interceptions, eight pay, at eight pass breakups, excuse me, and one fumble recovery. Because of that, obviously my comparison is the most versatile defensive back in the league, Micah Hyde. In Kansas City, after losing, and they're probably going to lose, uh, Tyron Matthew, they will love putting Daxon Hill in that secondary. At 31, the Cincinnati Bengals grab a guy who's probably going to take Eli Apple's spot as CB1, um, push him to CB2, and you know just prepare the team for life without Eli Apple. A lot of people don't like him, say he's a bum. He's a starter. He is a starter. He is one of the top 30 cornerbacks in the league. He might be 30, and you might, you might not like that, but you can't have a top five player at every position. So the Cincinnati Bengals are going to go with Florida cornerback Kair Alam. He's 6'1", 191 pounds. You're getting closer to, to what today's cornerback feels like. He scored an 8.62 on that Raz. He is fluid. He's got, he's got great motion. He's got elite footwork. He's physically dominant with incredible recovery speed. If he gets burnt, He's fast enough to not get burnt. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a trait that guys like Jalen Ramsey and, and an AJ Terrell, a JC Jackson have. And I think that that speed is going to help him as long as he can pick up the proper technique. There's a few cornerbacks that I could see going here. Uh, but Kair Alam feels like the best guy. And my comp for him is Jalen Johnson, that uh, defensive back that's in, Chicago, um, really just waiting to put everything together. And at 32, I have the Washington Commanders trading up for that Detroit pick that they got from the Rams to take a quarterback. I could see, I could see anybody doing this um, for a multitude of reasons. I could see somebody trading up for pick 32 to draft David Ajabo just so they can have that extra year of eligibility 
uh, eligibility. They, so they can have that extra year on the contract because he's probably going to miss, you know, 15 games this year. So he might miss more, but either way, some team is probably going to trade up, take pick 32. You know, they might offer, depending on how far back they are, they could offer their current second round and next year's first round because they want a quarterback with the extra year or whatever. I, I think this is a realistic possibility. The commanders need a need a quarterback for the future. So I'm just going to say that they take a quarterback here and they go with Matt Corral. They could take Sam Howell, um, but Matt Corral, he's 6'1", 212 pounds. He has a, a live arm. He's somewhat of a dual threat. He In his last 20 games, he completed 66.6% of his passes for 4,699 yards, 35 touchdowns, 17 interceptions, which again, that two to one, that's what you're looking for. But he also had 641 rushing yards, five touchdowns. My comp for him in this league is Baker Mayfield, a little bit more athletic Baker Mayfield, a little bit taller Baker Mayfield, but his passing ability feels a lot like Baker Mayfield where he can, I mean, and Baker went first overall, like let's not, a lot's happening to him right now, but more athletic Baker Mayfield probably still gets the job done in Cleveland. More athletic Baker Mayfield probably doesn't have Deshaun Watson traded to that one. So that's pick one to 32. Then here's a couple, here's a couple stats, things that I want to go over. So by position, you see how many players I have selected in the first round at each position. The only positions that I don't have being drafted on the offense slash defense are tight end and running back. By position, five defensive ends went, and there are three guys who I could see all rising into the first round. Other, other players would have to drop out, but you know I've got 32 guys that I, I would say are first rounders. Then there's three defensive ends, another offensive tackle, two more cornerbacks, two more wide receivers, a quarterback, two safeties, a linebacker, and another defensive tackle who I could all realistically see. Now, if anybody that I didn't put in my 32 and these guys right here don't make it, or if somebody else does make it into the first round, that's going to be really confusing. But anyway, by the position, I had five defensive ends selected. I could see Boye Mafe out of Minnesota, Nick Bonito out of Oklahoma, I think, and David Ajabo out of Michigan, all going in at the at an edge rusher position. Four offensive tackles were taken. Bernard Raymond out of Central Michigan. Fire chips. Uh, I could see, I could see him going. I have five cornerbacks in. I and definitely I could see Jalen Petrie, who is listed at safety, but I think he's more of a cornerback. And Roger McCreary out of uh, a certain college school that does exist and within the NCAA going in at cornerback. I doubt there'll be seven cornerbacks taken, but you know, likely it would be somebody swapping in Jalen for somebody else. I have five wide receivers that I believe are going in the first round. Um, you could also see Christian Watson and Jahad Dotson, um, both guys who are slated to go in the top 40. I have four quarterbacks that are going to go in the first round projected. Um, this is the number one position that I would not be surprised to see only one or two go. Um, but my last quarterback that would be in there would probably be Sam Howell. Uh, I have two safeties in the first round. Uh, Lewis Seen is Lewis Seen is probably my first player 
my best player that didn't make this first round, it would either be him or David Ajabo. Um, but I could also see Jaquan Brisker going in the first round. Two linebackers made it, Quay Walker on the outside. I had three uh, off interior offensive linemen that should say I-O-L, not O-I-L. Um, and I really don't think there's another one that could make it. And then I have two defensive tackles going in the first round. And the only other one that could possibly realistically make it in is Purian Winfrey. Otherwise, that is my first round. That is what I think will happen. Uh, you know, it's going to be great to see what happens tomorrow to see how wrong I am or, you know, whatever goes on. But nonetheless, be sure to like and subscribe. Let me know who your team takes. Let me know who you wanted your team to take. Throw out your predictions. Throw out your projections. Who do you think is going to be the best player at each position? Uh, make sure to follow our Instagram. It's on all those slides back there. And uh, yeah, make sure to like and subscribe so you can stay up to date on all of our future content.